Hello, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today, I want to share something deeply personal with you because I believe you'll be able to relate to it and hope that I can help you learn from this as I did. Healing from a toxic or abusive relationship is not a linear journey. It's windy, it's bumpy, it's uncomfortable at times, but honestly, the lessons learned are life-changing and transformational and so worthy as you are. So I, I invite you to embrace the hard lessons, forgive, let go, and take the new steps. Ask for help, guidance, and be willing to let someone else hold you up when you need it. That's what this podcast is here for. And the lessons, honestly, were my blessings in divorce. Hello, and welcome to my podcast, A Blessing in Divorce. I'm so excited to be here, and even more so that you are. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. If you are a woman who wants more out of life, has lost yourself in your marriage, and raising your kids, and want to find purpose in that spark again, then this is also the show for you. Or perhaps you're coming out of a codependent, abusive, or dysfunctional relationship where you lost yourself and want to learn how to rid yourself of this relationship pattern once and for all. We talk about all of that here, and especially today. Every bad situation and moment in our lives change us. Divorce is huge, and the change is significant. The emotions are even bigger. Guilt, sadness, fear, heartache, betrayal, trauma anger, and possibly also relief, and then more guilt. The healing journey, as I said, is not an easy one, and definitely not one to take alone. It takes a village. A Blessing in Divorce is about your future. It will help you navigate the roadblocks as you move towards something different, new, and beautiful. Let's dive in. When we experience a loss like the end of a relationship, we also experience pain and grief from or for what we've lost. And if you add trauma, abuse, and betrayal to the loss, then the pain will cut deeper. You have most likely lost more than the relationship, like a sense of self and who you are, maybe even trust in yourself and others, self-worth, confidence. All these things feel like something that isn't inside you right now. It was when my marriage ended that I came to understand what integrity meant for me, I hadn't even really thought about what my values were before because for 20 years, my focus was someone else's values or not even that, just someone else's needs. And I made that more important than my own. And I came to learn that not only is this a value that I hold in the highest regard, but I understood that having integrity means that you live in accordance to your deepest values. You're honest with everyone and you always keep your word. And it made so much sense to me once I understood that, because I know that I hold things like honesty and loyalty and yeah, all things that go with that in such high regard. And I also realized that I had betrayed some of my very own values in order to stay married to this man and that I was also allowing him to ignore my core values. We all have issues and so does he. The problem was that I let his issues and his comforts 
be more important than mine. And that's how I betrayed my own values. It's not that I deserved it in any way, but through careful manipulation and withdrawal of love, if I didn't comply, he was able to mold me to serve him and live according to what he needed. And at the time, I saw this as part of, you know, we compromise in relationships. We all have to do that, right? And we comply and we we do things for each other out of love, right? Doesn't everyone? This is at least what I told myself. And I told myself that this was normal. I really didn't know any better, to be very honest with you. And I just told myself as well that the good things outweighed the bad. And I convinced myself that this was true. It was only years after our marriage ended that I learned that it was my childhood that it taught me to tolerate, that someone close to me who was supposed to be my person, that even though he was unkind and unnecessarily critical, that it was my job to change, to fit in, and to not expect to be accepted just as I was. You know, when my marriage ended, it was an affair that triggered it. And that was another hard hit on my value of integrity, honesty, and loyalty. And I was done. I just, I couldn't do any more of being, you know, told to tolerate things that felt so incredibly wrong to me. I just couldn't find my way back one more time because he had actually done this before. And it was during my healing and the hours of reflection that I took a really hard look at how I had coped and managed and what had happened between us for 20 years. My ex was not a kind man. He, of course, could be charming and nice and fun when he wanted to be, when we were doing what he wanted, and when he had a certain number of drinks in him. So I made it important for all of us that we facilitated that, and I don't mean necessarily the drinking, but just that we facilitated things that made him feel good as often as possible. But with four kids, my own family relationships, friendships, and so on, there were times, of course, that we had to do things that we didn't want to do. Like there are just, you know, duties and obligations as parents and in life and relationships in general. The thing is, he doesn't do what he doesn't want to do. And so I had two choices. Do it anyway, on my own, for which I received no thanks or appreciation, or make him help or do with me and suffer the consequences, which was usually him informing me that I had ruined his weekend or his evening or had taken away his opportunity to relax after a long week at work, which really meant his opportunity to sit down and do nothing and drink. And this was generally, if I chose the second option of making him basically help me carpool or visit my family or do things that wasn't really in what he wanted to do, um, then he punished me by ignoring me and not talking to me. And, and like I said, letting me know that I had not, um, that I had ruined his weekend. So generally speaking, I chose the first option of just doing it on my own. You know, I'd ask him if he wanted to, or if he was going to be part of the day to do things and he would let me know yes or no. And if no, I just did it on my own. I didn't complain. I just did it. And I just, I preferred that to feeling the hostility And honestly, I so badly wanted to feel loved. So if I did everything, then at least I didn't come home to a grumpy individual and there was this peace and I could kind of tell myself that I was loved for what I had done. When circumstances were such that he did get upset with me, um, 
I, I really felt the hostility. And, and it's not that he necessarily said a lot of cruel things to me. He makes some kind of remark, like I said, about that I had ruined his weekend or something like that. And providing I didn't choose to fight about that and didn't choose to explain to him that he had responsibilities as a father and a husband, um, generally that was the end of it, except for the fact that he withdrew all sort of affection and love. He just didn't talk to me. And it was it was a very quiet form of punishment, but it was really felt. And it was, I don't know when exactly, but during these years, I developed or created something in my mind, which was a pink box. And I'll explain in a minute. But if you listen to last week's episode, when I spoke with Chanel, who is a domestic violence survivor, she spoke of the numbness that she felt for years after she left a very abusive relationship. And it was actually during our conversation last week that I realized that I did the same, just a little differently. Um, instead of sort of numbing my heart and hardening my heart, which is, she kind of put this armor around herself, I had a pink box. So my pink box was a place that I would go where I felt safe. It protected me from any nasty words or from the the sort of the feeling of not being wanted that I was getting because I was being ignored or, you know, we might have a, an argument where I would say things like, you know, you, you never hug me anymore and I, you know, things like that. And he would say to me, well, maybe if you stopped complaining about it, I would hug you more often. Meanwhile, I hadn't said that to him in six months, you know, but there was no change. In other words, I was just, it was always put back on me and it felt very painful and it made me realize that he didn't really care how I felt. And as a result of that, I would, I would want to protect myself from the pain that it hurt my heart, right? So I would go into this pink box and this was very vivid, a very, very vivid visual for me in my brain. Like I, I would literally see myself go inside it. And so the pink box always had three walls that were up. And I would walk into it. And sometimes I would just kind of walk in and be there. And the one, the last wall would stay down. Other times it was more painful. I'd put that wall up, which meant that, you know, I was okay. I'm just going to sit here in my little happy space and ignore what's happening outside me. Other times, if it was even more painful, a more um, higher conflict situation, I would put the lid on. And now I was really protecting myself. I was shutting the world out and I was good at that. And then in the worst case scenario, I actually had this beautiful bow that I would visually see myself wrapping around it. And when I was in my pink box, I was okay. I felt safe and I felt, I'm not, I don't know that I felt numb. I often cried in my box, but it was just me there. No one was judging me. No one was telling me that I was wrong. No one was telling me that my feelings weren't valid. I was completely safe to feel what I needed to feel. And that's what I did inside my pink box. And when I was ready, I came back out. Now, I will also say when our marriage ended and I reflected on the pink box and the importance of it, I also know that doing that is not productive or helpful in the relationship. But that was what I did. I withdrew completely. I withdrew to a safe place. And then I really started looking at where did this come from? So as a child, I was deeply conditioned to believe that the way I approached life really wasn't right or good enough. I was, I was too emotional. I was too impulsive, too much of a dreamer, too romantic. 
you know, I didn't have my feet on the ground. These were things that I was told all the time by people very, very close to me. And I sometimes wonder what I could have or would have done with my life if my inner sort of impulsiveness and creativity and dreams had been encouraged instead of dismissed as something silly. I realize now that the things that I was criticized for or teased for when I was young, like you're such a dreamer and your head is always up in the clouds. I realize now that those are my strengths. These are the things that make me special. And these are the things that make you special. You know, we get labeled as children. We get told that we are too much of this or too little of that, or that the people around us wish we had more or less of whatever. And they label us. And we carry these labels as truth. And I want you to know right now, I want you to sit down and think about those labels and write them down, like write them down and think to yourself, well, what if being a dreamer isn't that I'm too much of a dreamer? What if I was, I am a dreamer? That's a good thing. In which way? I can dream up a new life for myself. I can dream up a solution for this problem. I can dream up a new project that I can serve my clients with. The thing is, dreaming is wonderful. Creating is incredible. It is people who are creative who create this world and and new things for us that benefit us in so many ways. So I want you to to take a moment to, to acknowledge the parts of you that others have told you are not right, but that are it's who you are and know that you weren't put on this earth with those qualities to have them dismissed. You were given those traits and those special qualities so that you could shine as that person. And I realize that now, but I to this day struggle to step forward with my dreams because people love to step on them. And maybe I shouldn't say that they love to step on them because of course that's not what they're doing, but they are doing it because it makes them feel better. It's what they need to do to feel comfortable. So like you, I was taught to conform, to follow the rules of society, the expectations of my family, to mold myself and try to mold um, to what my husband needed so that we would fit better. You know, a narcissist, which is what he was, is doesn't mold or conform. Um, in, instead, it was me that needed to mold and conform. I had no individual value to him. My value was my role as his wife and as a mother to his children. And so this in turn made me codependent. Um, It's what, you know, my happiness was attached to his. So I did what I could to feel safe and which was to be in control of my environment in any way that I could. I couldn't control him, but the kids and the home, that was my domain. Here, I was a rock star. I raised four young boys, two of which were twins. So I was busy to say the least, but I was great at it. And everyone who mattered to me, I guess, and even anyone who didn't, admired me for my ability to be organized, put food on the table in a timely way, not being stressed, whether there was six of us eating or 16. The house was always in order, tidy and beautiful. Kids were busy doing their recreational schedules and I carpooled, I did all the things. And I did it all without being stressed, honestly. I was good at it. I was really good at it because 
I think I gave myself so fully to that because it was the thing that I could control in my life where I felt that I had value and purpose because I didn't feel I had any to him. And I received praise from all the people like my sister, my mom, my dad, and even my husband at times. But if I wanted to take on something new or I wanted a little more affection or space to try something, that apparently was asking too much and he would shut me down and into the pink box I went. I remember joining um, like one of those multi-level marketing um, companies that sold children's clothing. And I loved doing this, like I really wanted to do this. And he encouraged me at first because he didn't really think about the impact on him. And I loved like meeting other women and doing all the planning and having something that was my own. But it didn't take more than about eight months and he literally asked me to stop because he was tired of watching the kids on the weekends and in the evenings when I was doing this. After all, you know, he shouldn't have to do that after working all day. So I quit and into the pink box I went because that was a loss to me. Here's what I want you to know. If you are currently in an emotionally toxic or abusive relationship or if you've just left, you have a coping strategy. And that's okay. You have found a way to survive, to to get through the day, to not fall apart, to stuff your feelings away in your version of a pink box. Or maybe you've taken on Chanel's strategy to just go numb and comply. What I want you to know is that you are not weak. This is not weakness. This is not you doing something wrong again. You're not a doormat. You are strong and you are brave. It's not weak to tolerate. It is survival. So many women that I work with tell me that they don't know how they're going to live without their abusive partner. Even though they can't stand the abuse any longer, they know they shouldn't or or that they don't want that in their life. They know it's wrong. The thought of being on their own is so scary that they would rather stay and keep doing what they know how to do than leave. There's safety in that. There's safety in what you know. The fear lies in what we don't know. And I remember that so well. Honestly, I never even considered leaving. I just, I just felt that this was my, this is where I was meant to be. And and this was what I had to figure out how to do. And I know how you feel. I see you. I really do. And I get it. There is no judgment. I know you can and that you are strong enough and that you are brave enough, and that you, like me, and all the others before you, you are enough. And you know what? I also know you can leave. That yes, you can. And yes, it will get better. I know, because I've done it. It's a bumpy ride with some serious self-doubt at times, maybe even a little self-loathing for what you have put up with. I was there, and I get it. But the day is coming when you realize that there is nothing to loathe. You are so strong and resilient and worthy of love and beautiful experiences. And you're worthy of freedom, freedom from pain. I promise that that day will come. So even if you don't really believe in yourself right now, know that I believe in you. I know you can because I did. The pink box still exists in my mind because I... I love her, actually, and I'm so grateful for her. And yes, she is me. And she gave me shelter, and I'm grateful for that. 
I'm grateful that I gave myself that place where she, where I could heal and, and be okay. But she's put away in storage, hopefully forever. I have not set foot inside since I left my marriage. Um, I started living for myself, using my integrity and my values as my guide. And little by little, I was also able to use my love for myself as my guide. It took time, but I got there. Lots of people still don't believe in me, but those that matter, they do. And most importantly, I believe in me. And that is really all I need. I want you to know that I believe in you and your healing. And as you might have heard on last week's podcast, Chanel and I are actually joining forces to help women on this journey, to to guide you on this journey, to give you that safe place where you can do this work and that Chanel is also waiting for you and will be there for you. And she believes in you so strongly as she's also done this work. That's why we're opening the safe container, this beautiful place for you to go and start to grow into the woman you were always intended to be. I stand so strong now in my impulsive, emotional, creative self as I serve women just like you. I trust myself to be who I am and that that is going to bring me to the people that need my help and that want to take steps and who are ready to do that with Chanel and I. So I invite you to take my hand and let us guide you forward. Let us hold you up and let us help you create your new life. Let us show you the the beautiful place that you can stand in as you and that you as you are, whatever you are or are not is absolutely so enough. Like you are perfect the way you are. I want you to embrace your life fully and allow yourself to not only heal from this because healing is the, definitely an early step, but I want you to ask for more from yourself. I want you to Ask yourself to grow and to thrive and overcome what happened. You know, so many of us talk about surviving, surviving an abusive relationship, surviving divorce, surviving. I'm not, I am not interested in surviving. It's part of the journey again to heal and survive. But there's another step and that's where I want to take you to thrive, like to overcome this, to actually say, I overcame, I didn't just survive, I overcame and just started a whole new life for myself. Learn to say that, yes, that happened, but it is not who I am. Instead, I am an overcomer. I am a riser. I'm a thriver. I kick ass at life and I will settle for nothing less than that. If this is you, then this open, heartfelt, soul-expanding coaching container is for you. I am so excited right now at the thought of working through all this with you and for you to, to decide for yourself that you want to go on this, this journey of thriving, of inviting in freedom into your life because you deserve that, of sitting down and becoming maybe once again aware of who you really are. You know, what are those deep traits that you were born with that were really adorable when you were a child, but were somehow criticized when you became an adult? 
what is it that you've always wanted to do, but just feel like you're not good enough? Or everyone told you that that's not realistic. What are those things? Write them down, look at them. And then ask yourself, what if I can have that? What if that is actually available to me now? And I don't want to hear any nonsense like I'm too old or I'm too this or not enough of this. That's just bullshit. Okay, that is other people's bullshit that you have carried as truth. And I want you to let go of that now. I want you to let go of that and ask yourself, what if none of that bullshit was true? And what if, in fact, this incredible life is available to me? How can I make that happen? Wow, right? Those are the questions I started asking myself as I came out of my marriage and out of the pink box because I wanted more out of life. I didn't want a life where I had to hide myself to feel safe, where I had to pretend that I was okay, where I had to not show other people that I was in pain, where my feelings and my desires and my dreams were just not good enough. I'm like, I'm not going to say bad words here. I'm just going to say, I, I will not accept that life for myself and that story for myself anymore. That's where I was at. And my integrity, my value, and my, the, the value that I place on what is important to me matters more than anything else because that's how I show up in the world. And when I show up as my highest self, it spills. It spills onto all the people that I love and they get to see the best of me and I get to step forward as the best of me. I get to help more women like you. I get to be there for my kids and I get to be there for me, for me. And that feels good and I want that for you. I want you to be there for you and I want you to show up as a really bright light, the shining star that you were always intended to be. You know, I never know where these solo episodes are going to go. I have this idea and I have my notes and then inevitably they take on a life of their own. And this one is no different. But I actually feel safe sharing with you. And I know I have a message to share that will resonate with at least some of you. And that is good enough for me. As long as I can reach one of you or two of you, then this has been an incredible moment for me. And thank you for that. It's hard for me to share sometimes. I worry about upsetting people. And I sometimes worry about disappointing people by letting them know that I experience these challenges as well. But then I also realize that there's no expectation that I'm supposed to be perfect and without challenges. Of course there isn't. How else did I get here? You know, I just reminded someone today that it's through our mistakes that we learn the lessons. We cannot learn what is not right for us if we don't also learn what's not right for us. So if anything here, you know, resonated with you, then I am so grateful for that because then you get to take something away that's going to help you. And that's what I'm here to do, to help you, not to hide, but to be there with you, right alongside you, every step of the way. That aligns with my values and my integrity And it's the only way I want to live. So, ladies, listeners, my dear friend, thank you again for being here with me, for being here with each other, for your time and your continued support. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you would share it with someone else who might need to hear this and maybe also leave me some stars and a review. I will be back next week. And in the meantime, if it feels right for you, join Chanel and I in our healing and overcoming abuse course. We get started on January 26th. This course is, of course, open to anyone who is coming out of any kind of toxic relationship, um, narcissistic abuse, verbal, physical, financial, sexual, emotional, any of those. This is for you. Really, the only prerequisite is that you want more out of life. You want more for yourself, and we're going to help you on that journey. So please join us. We get started, as I said, on January 26th. The details to register are below. Obviously, hurry up because we're starting really soon. And until then, I wish you the most beautiful day. And I'll see you again next week. One last thing before I go. I wanted to mention the podcast episode from last week, the one that I spoke to um, or where I spoke to Chanel. And she shared some incredible tips and strategies and tools that helped her as she was coming out of an incredibly abusive relationship. So I really encourage you, if this one resonated with you, to go and listen to that episode as well. And before you go, I also want to let you know that there are still some spots available for our Costa Rica retreat. You want to do something that's going to have real impact in your life, truly transformational, take yourself away. Take yourself away to a place where you can renew and rejuvenate and rediscover and do so with other women. The safety of our embrace of the sun and beach and the beauty of Costa Rica. There will be daily yoga, guided meditations, journaling, workshops, amazing food. I think I mentioned that already. It is a beautiful resort we're going to. Go and take a look at the pictures and really think about the impact that a trip like that can have for you. Choosing to do something like that for yourself Bring a friend if that feels better or easier for you or if it's simply because you want to share this experience with someone or maybe going alone is exactly what you need. Either way, I hope to see you in Costa Rica and until then, I'll see you again here on The Blessing in Divorce.